Hello everybody, welcome back to the Primordial Project, an experiment in world building. My name is Dakota Brown. And I am Ryan T. Land. And last week we talked about the creation and cosmology. Quick quick note, huh. I haven't been throwing in the middle initial. And I just did today. Ryan T. Land. <laughs> Ryan T. Land. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, and it's just, also just, not on the descriptions of our podcast, so we may have to change that. That's fine. I'm not as I'm not as staunch about it as I once was. That's true. Um, anyway, last week we talked about uh, the creation and the cosmology of our world that is yet to be named. Um, we'll get there someday. We'll get there at some point. The we'll, final episode, we'll say. Yeah. All we're gonna do is maybe we should hold a contest. Maybe. Maybe we'll do that. At some point, we'll have enough listeners Send and we'll be able to hold Send us the best name. It. Yeah. Because we've got like a kind of neat naming convention going on right now with the gods and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I, I know that the name of our world has to fit that in some way, but I don't know. Um, last anyway, last week we talked about cosmology and creation of the universe. Um, we, we talked briefly about what we were going to do this week. And I think what we came down to was like, we were going to start the first age, but, uh, after just sort of, uh, briefly talking to each other, um, over this last week, uh, we realized that, yeah, there's some more groundwork to cover that we didn't touch. For sure. Before we actually get into what happens in the world, yeah. we've got to we've got to define. There's more definition to be given to the world, especially in regards to who lives here, who the heck is here. Yeah. So we know what our races are, and we know where they came from, but we don't know who they are, um, or what right. they do, or what their connection to their gods are, and stuff like that. And I think, I think that whenever we, if we can nail that down then uh, history is going to kind of write itself as it goes along instead of mm. us having to sort of force Very events onto, onto, the, uh, onto the races that we've created. So um, yeah. I think we just pick one. Uh, we just pick one and we just sort of do um, – this is going to be like sort of an overview. Um, so the roadmap is going to be like overview today of all of it, um, all the cultures right. and religions, just sort of like – um, ideas and stuff like that. And then the next two weeks, we're going to be taking chunks of one of three and one of two races and going, doing sort of deep dives, deep, like deep dives, like maybe deep, even deep. getting into specific characters Le- that live their leadership. Yeah. Stuff uh, like that. Things like what, that. But this yeah. is going to be very general statements about kind yeah. of how we want each. So we did, you know, like we did a talk on what we want the world as a whole to feel like. Yeah. This is going to be more like um, what we want each race to feel like or mm-hmm. what we want, you know, the conflict within the race to, to be Yeah. before we start touching, you know, like specific conflicts outside of them or, you know, inside power struggles. So we want yeah. to know kind of what their values and what their cultures and art and living style is like i think that's at least that's kind of my goal yeah 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 yeah. i think values culture i'm just writing a couple of things down um yeah me too geographically where they sort of yeah that's that's one thing we didn't really we haven't really set yet is kind of what yeah our world is like geographically is it one continent is it multiple Um, continents is it i think i don't know that it's i think i mean yeah we do we do need to nail that down. Um I think it's sort of 
what's cool about the fantasy world is um you can literally our world could be a big pangea mm-hmm. and then and then if you go out on sea too far you, you can hit a new you can either hit a new plane or it just drops off whoa I, so that's I that's that's the practical way of getting to I, different realms is i have never thought about physically traveling to a yeah. different plane i've always thought about it as be kind of like magical interdimensional travel right very kind of interesting that you know to think like you could sail to the fire plane i don't yeah. know i kind of like that maybe it may, but about. it's like but it's tre- – I mean the waters start to boil oh, as you're going. And oh, yeah. Like, there's all kinds and of you've really gotta, cool – There could be cool fucking adventures. You've got to go at like a certain time yeah. like in the year when the sun is closest to the the the, uh, the world. I don't know. Anyway, that could I be kinda, super cool. I kind of like that actually. Me too. Huh. Um, but wow. that's not okay, this episode. Yeah, that's a different day. That's a different day. So is there – is there anything you – I know that some of our overall wants and don't wants are going to come into this, like yeah. the dwarves. We talked yeah. about how we don't want to make them, uh, you know, Tolkien-esque, stereotypical, right. uh, hidey-dye dwarves, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's going to come into play today. And then also I think one thing we talked about are the gnomes. We want them to mm-hmm. be filled with political intrigue. We kind of want them to be feared they're by other races. Like, yeah, almost like cell swords of the tongue. Like, yeah, like we don't like people keep them around, but only to protect them from other gnomes, you know, yeah, like yeah. Um, the only counter to a gnome politician is another gnome politician. Another gnome politician. They're that and, good. They're that and tricky. And the gnomes, I mean, you could, we could even say that the gnomes like thrive off of that competition between each other. Like every yeah. gnome to another gnome is like a, like a rival lawyer or yeah. Or also like that, that I kind of like the idea that the gnomes don't really have their own play. Do we want to just start with the gnomes? Sounds like we're yeah, sure. Let's start it. with gnomes okay, and let's, let's get gnomes. into dwarves too, since we already have an idea right. of what we want to do with that. So and yeah. So gnomes. also, also, yeah, let's just do gnomes. Yeah. Uh, gnomes. So we want them to be all about trickery. Their values are mm-hmm. power, nonviolent means. Right, always through political trickery, right. intrigue, espionage, yeah. information. I think that's one thing is that maybe they don't trade in gold and and you know crops and you know barter systems. They trade in like information. Okay. Uh, and what I was going to get at is that I it might be interesting that the gnomes don't really have their own country. They always just ally themselves with other cultures, other countries, and just are are like working there. So no gnome is really, really loyal to like gnomish ideals. They're just like, which, which race, which country, where can I build the most power? If there's a power vacuum in the elven like kingdom, they're like, Oh, we got to go, we got to go get in on that. Or, you know, there's, I, I think, I think, I think uh, humans and gnomes would be around each other a lot mm-hmm. because humans are constantly, you know, dying and yeah. there's power cycles and gnomes like are all about that. Right. So that's kind of my, that's kind of so, my general thought. So they're not driven by monetary means or no, I don't think, or does it come down to, um, I mean, cause they need, they, they obviously at some point they're going to need money to Well, right. But live. I think money I think money is automatically a byproduct of being in power. 
Right. Okay. You know, so if you're in, cause you don't always have to have money to yeah. be in power. You know, there That's are people true. in our, in, in the world that have a lot of money, but they don't really have any power. Like, like Bill Gates doesn't really yeah. have any political giant political sway, but if mm. you're in power, you have money. Like it's with, without a doubt, that's true. you know? Yeah. So, so I think that's that they don't really even work. You know, most gnomes are just sort of political maneuverers who get their money through being politically connected. Yeah. Like it's really hard to find a gnome farmer. That's, uh, I don't, I think almost impossible is what I would say. I think that yeah, I think like, they would be like an outlier. Yeah. Like, gnomes, a, like an interest. Yeah. An interesting player character, I think would be a gnome that's like a gnome, I don't know, cleric or right. or rogue who a rogue would kind of fit in, but like a cleric who doesn't really care about politics is just really right. de- dedicated to a religion. I think that you know would be an interesting player character to run with. And other gnomes yeah. are like, what are you doing? Like you're wasting your life. You're wasting the talents that the composer and the scribe gave us. Right, right. Yeah, okay. So... Okay, so they come from just just to remind ourselves, they come from the composer and the scribe, like I said, mm-hmm. which is time right. and progression and space, moon, sun senses, um, which yeah. I think works perfectly for them because me too. Um, they're all about deceiving the senses and um, stuff like that. So, um, okay, so when 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 the gods leave they are gnomes are the only people the only race that don't flock together yeah i think maybe they start to but as soon as they come in contact with you know other the other races with dwarves with humans they just because i think this is one thing that's interesting about gnomes that isn't present in the other races is they're non-threatening in appearance that's true. So if, when a human comes upon a gnome for the first time, no human's going to be like, oh, no, that thing can kill me. Right. They're going to be like, they're going to be like, what is this? And they're going to oh, be interested. This thing probably needs as, help or something right, and then like as that. Soon, as soon as they discover it's intelligent, they're going to say, hey, what do you do? What are you good at? How can you help me? And so I think that's kind of the interaction that always comes from encountering another race for the first time when it comes right. to gnomes is maybe elves are like, take pity on them. And they're like. Elves say, hey, we're going to help these gnomes because, look, they can't defend themselves. And the gnomes just play it up. They're like, yeah, they're we're like, helpless. Yeah, help we us. Can't, yeah. We can't then, do anything. And the whole time they're like snapping illusions, you know, and lying yeah. and figuring out like, look, we're so non-threatening. And then underground, you know, they're sharing all these secrets. I think that's I think that's great. I think I think I think I think gnomes playing into their appearance of weakness yeah is really important to them as a race. And what's interesting about this is here in the early ages, it's going to be uh, something that they can play with a lot. But once you, once this starts, once this happens over 2000 years, it becomes a tool that people use, but Mm. are everyone's aware of it. Yeah. Everyone's like, be, be careful of gnomes. They're crafty. Yeah. Like they will, but also like they, like, they will, tr- they will try yeah. to say, Oh, I can't hurt you. I'm, I'm look at me. I'm tiny. But that, that dude, he will learn one thing about your life and exploit it for a hundred years. Yeah. And literally, because that's how long they live. Um, right. And yeah. So them being sort of like, almost like a, Oh, okay. So what if gnomes now this is, this is sort of going into it a little bit more and it's, and it's, um, it's that's totally okay. playing off of what's going on, but what if they're sort of like, well, I want to say like poltergeists 
or something like that that follow a family, right? So like they know the family's secrets or they know they know like a whole group of people's secrets. Oh, so like and and they just like and they live and if they have kids, then they pass those secrets on to their kid and they follow the family. They have like a symbiotic relationship with like family, like big sort families of. throughout. Yeah. Because the the like so if they're with a human, the human family tells their kids, Hey, you gotta keep these gnome this gnome family close to us because they know a lot about mm-hmm. our life. You know, they right. and we don't want people to know stuff that they know. So don't burn them because the gnomes will ruin us. Right. And the gnomes you know they get off the the power and the 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 resources of those yeah. families uh, and sort of like almost like indentured servitude but yeah. there's more of a power struggle like no one's really in charge right. like the humans owe it to the gnomes because they know the gnomes know all these secrets and all these you know powers and all, or not powers but all these um sort of dirty little skeletons in the closet you know yeah and so they have to keep the gnomes around but the gnomes can't really fend for themselves. So they have to keep the humans around or the, the elves or the dwarves mm-hmm. around to, to stay powerful. Yeah. I like that a lot. So you and get so, these. So then once gnome families get allied with really powerful, like elven or dwarven or even human families at some point, then those, you know, they're locked. So they're almost, you know, tied together for years and yeah, years and years. Yeah. Well, and, and like, maybe it's not, you know, obviously every family doesn't have a gnome family attached right. to them, but like it literally becomes a colloquialism and, and a saying of like, oh, no, those 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 smiths, they have a gnome. So be careful, you know, that oh, yeah. kind be of careful thing. what you tell them because they have a gnome. Yeah, they have a gnome and it's almost like mythical, but very present. Um, all right. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think that's a really good direction for yeah. for them. Jeez. That's man. That's I really never cool. want to. I never want to play a gnome, and I do right now. Yeah, yeah, and that makes me that. Yeah, that's super exciting because that's it's exactly what we're trying to do. Make make an interesting world. Yeah, that you know. I I don't know. Like I don't want to say challenges expectations. That I think mean, that's overstating it. But yeah. seeing a fantasy world in a new way that makes you excited to connect with it in a yeah. way you haven't connected with another world. Yeah is exciting. So I'm that that's that's one of the things that's really fun about this. So, so cool, man. I love that. All right. So do we want to move on to gnomes because or not gnomes. <laughs> we just did gnomes. Um do, do we, we want, want to move, move on, on to gnomes? Do we want to do more gnome stuff? Um, yeah, let's do let's it. Make this uh, the let's gnome do, episode. Uh, let's do rock gnomes now. Oh god. god. The the subclass <laughs> of gnomes is like or just in general, like sub sub races is weird to me, and yeah. I don't think we need to even approach of any. It. Well, I actually I have an idea for elves about that, and okay. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you when we get there how to work yeah. in how to work in different type different two different types of elves at least. Uh, but so I've had a I've had a slight idea about that. Elves are slightly different, or feel slightly different, but like yeah, like uh, what is it like dwarves? There's like hill dwarves and mountain dwarves, and I'm like yeah, what I just don't... depends on where they grew up. Yeah, really. Like it doesn't which, need I mean, to be anything more than that. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, where you grew up does change, you know, how sure. you see the world. Yeah. Uh, but doesn't change you like biologically all the time. It, I mean, I guess it does over millennia of time. Yeah. But yeah. So um, maybe we can maybe we can create you know down the line mm-hmm. after thousands of years maybe there are different types of dwarves. But I think for now, you know, we stick with 
you know, the pure blood, not pure yeah. blood, but pure dwarves, except for elves, because I have a, I have an idea. An inkling. But anyway, okay. do you so, want to, do you want to move to dwarves? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do Since dwarves. We already know, we already know that we don't want, um, your typical mountain dwarves. If they live in mountains, don't care. But, um, what we're, what we don't want is right. the drinking dwarves, the, the Scottish dwarves, the um the the mining dwarves that kind of thing now i do i did notice we fell into a little bit of a trap when we assigned the 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 gods the artisans that created the dwarves because the sentinel and the composer were the creator of the dwarves yeah and the sentinel is kind of the you know the earthy elemental earthy one so i feel like we've trapped ourselves a little bit there but i have an idea do you have an idea on kind of how what to do with them i do okay let's hear it um just initially sort of as a cultural value thing Mm -hmm. since they were made by the composer and the sentinel um which has to do with like the planes and stuff like that i have always enjoyed um dwarves that are um the penultimate scientist right oh okay and and i know they're often attributed to like steampunkiness like they're like um the the dwemer in you know the elder scrolls oh in elder scrolls yeah yeah yeah. they're like that's where you yeah the the, like robots and little spiders and stuff but that's true but that's not a that's not a general man i actually this is kind of off topic but the elder scrolls has a very interesting take on dwarves even though you don't really ever see them. They're lost. They're, they know they disappeared. Yeah. The dwarves just the, literally disappeared one day. The history you get of them is interesting and different than yeah. dwarves. It is. That's good. That's good. That's yeah. good that we kind of found someone that's an outlier. Good job, Bethesda. Yeah. Bethesda does a really good job of that. Um, well but done. I think that in almost in a way to like go completely opposite of earthy dwarves, what if our dwarves were yeah. astrologers? Like they really attach themselves oh, okay. to the composer and the skies and and the and the sciences and the elements and how they work with in tandem with each other and stuff like that. So that kind of works into kind of my idea about dwarves was making okay. them the greatest art, artists of the okay. land that they were if you needed. So that kind of works with the mining and the blacksmithing. Sure. But they're not just that. They're the greatest jewelers and the greatest painters and the greatest yeah. songwriters yeah. and the greatest uh like weaver, like tapestry makers. Yeah. And because because they have this connection to the elements and mm-hmm. to the composer that they can they can make all these really beautiful things and they always feel like whatever they create has to be the best because of their their origin as a species or as a race yeah uh, and and i think that that also works well is with the sciences is being like they've got to figure out how they are going to you know do all that and i think that's a natural question that raises if you make something out of a tree like if you weave something out of a tree or out of a you know you make a, a weapon out of you know iron or whatever you're like what Mm -hmm. is what even is this how do i why does it melt when i heat it up to this much you know i think that's natural progression of yeah of thought they it's sort of the um that the philosophical way of looking at everything where where they're like man this metal is super cool and i love that weapons work but what is this metal what else can it be used for what you know stuff like that i 
I like the question of I made this, but who made that that made right. this? Right. You know, yeah. So, uh, or how do how did this get made that made this weapon? Yeah. You know, I understand that ore got melted and shaped into metal, which made this sword. But where did the ore come from, and why does it act? Why does it work like that? I really like that. Them as like being really cerebral, I think is really fun because, you know, yeah. they're really, you know, usually they're thought of as emotional beings yeah. and they're brash and they're, you know, they always, they want, they're always ready for a fight. But them being like these sort of, I don't know, like composed, thought based, nuanced yeah. people like race, I think is really fun. And, and maybe, be, and maybe, I mean, maybe they do have a quirk or something. Like if we want to do a little, a little nod to the old school dwarves where like maybe maybe dwarves do have a temper right but but yeah other than that they're extremely docile like so chill so hippie and and then you can have you know uh, a tribe or outcasts of dwarven culture have given into their emotions and they say yeah. we don't care about the world we just know we're here and we got to make the most of the time we're here so we're just going to live our life and then you get something more akin to yeah. Because uh, that's not – I think one thing that's important to note here is these are vague outlines of yeah. what the cultures yeah. look like. Sure. That not every single person yeah. that is ever born that's a dwarf is going to act like this. And that's important to know because maybe there's a dwarf that really loves magic. So he's like, hey, I'm going to go live with the elves because they appreciate yeah. magic more than you guys do later. Or later, there's a yeah. dwarf that's yeah, like, sure. hey, I'm pissed off all the time and you guys won't let me. You guys are super boring. I'm going to go live by myself and kill stuff and be pissed. And then he gets married and has kids and they're the same way. And then you have this tribe of dwarves yeah. that's just want to kill things all the time and drink and be merry. You and know, just be, berserkers like clan. A, there's a there's a you know, there's a philosophy that's all about, you know, just living your life in the moment. It's uh, a Nietzsche what, at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. philosophies. I was I was thinking I was thinking older ancient I was thinking like Greek oh, but I can't I can't remember it probably is. at the time yeah and I like the idea of them being artists because this is this is something that you don't hear about so much in D and D and stuff like that that I that I think that yeah. we can play into is man dwarves live like five hundred to eight hundred years can yeah. you imagine if you gotta you know you gotta fill that time. Yeah, well, and you've got you've got people, you know, you've got humans that are prodigies at thirteen. You've got a dwarf that's mm-hmm. a prodigy at twenty, and he's still got eight hundred years to live. Yeah, what what kind of incredible art is he? Like, literally, they're going to be able to make art that is almost magical in the way that mm-hmm. it affects like humans. Holy and stuff like crap! That. That's something I've never thought of. But imagine like a painting that's so good you look at it and it gives you like a buff in combat mechanically. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Jeez. That's, that's holy dope. crap. Like dwarven Anyway, but yeah. Dwarven paintings. And I was just thought, you know, dwarves like in the in the Tolkien prologue of Lord of the Rings it talks about them being the crafts great craftsmen and mm-hmm. that's usually attributed to, you know, mining and smithing and yeah, metalworking metal and stuff like that. But yeah. We could uh, we could say they're craftsmen in all things. Mm-hmm. In they're they're wordsmiths. They're beautiful speakers. I mean, I mean, they're, elves elves have a collection of dwarven silverware. It's that kind of thing where they are the china of the or the the you know like the china style. Oh yeah, so um, yeah, like everybody wants. Yeah, there was like there was that obsession in Europe. Mm-hmm. of stuff from the far the far east you yeah. know that's what they said silks and, and so, stuff like that 
Yeah, I really yeah. like that. That people have this like you know, there's kind of a show of you know status is having dwarven things, but then dwarves are like, hey, look at us, we got it all. Yeah, we made it. I oh man, I really like that. So then, how does that work politically? And you know, do they have uh, uh, a di- like not a dictator, but do they have like a chief? ruler do they are they more democratic in their approach are they is there a looser government than than other places i think one thing that's interesting if we do enact if we do think that they have a temper is that there are that the dwarves are kind of governed by strict laws because they know dwarves can be because they know themselves well enough they know that they know that they can be dangerous and so they they want they have laws to keep contained. So I think that that they're you know thinking of them as lawful creatures uh, that you know want you know want to see themselves flourish and they don't they really despise like murder and um, thievery yeah. and yeah. you know things like that. And that's you know that's another good way to subvert uh, as a player to subvert a culture is to say I'm going to be a dwarf rogue. You know yeah say, right right say like look I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a chaotic dwarf and that's unusual. So, right. Okay. So I. So do you think there's like a I, I, I dwarven kings are always fun too. Yeah. But maybe it's like voted on by a senate, and they're like, this dude's the best, you know, whatever. And so it's almost oh. you're voted on, but you're a king for your right. lifetime. Like that's your and you're voted in for for life. You say? Yeah, it's a life. It's a okay. lifetime appointment. Because that's a okay. good story hook as well as being like the dwarven king is dead and they're in limbo right now. And it's a it's a big deal to to enact okay uh, a new dwarven king. So one of my favorite things, and I love this about like sci- I've been watching a lot of cyberpunk too. But they the yeah when when you create colloquialisms and slang that exists within the world. Yes, and I was yes. just thinking like like you've got like watch out that family's got a gnome. You've got um the gnomes are working overtime. So like whenever, whenever like there's political turmoil and stuff like that, like <laughs> you say like the, the gnomes are, the gnomes are working overtime. Oh, I, and stuff really, like I that. really like, like that. Like, oh, I, I bet I, the gnomes are working overtime. Oh, that's so good. I love that's so funny. Colloquialisms and, and sayings within a fantasy I, world. I also like, this is kind of jumping to a different race, Okay, but you know, if the, if the, uh, if, you know, if the dwarves are these like artisan creators, creative types, you know, and there's like a human and the humans, you know, value, like really value like war or something. Yeah. And there's a kid, you know, like I just think about my own kind of background. And when I in West Texas was like, yeah, I want to be an actor. People would like look at me weird that I didn't want to be like a cowboy, you know. So, you know, if that happens, you know, if some human that's raised to be a warrior is like, actually, I want to be a painter. And they're like, what are you, some kind of dwarf? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I can see your beard growing as you speak. Yeah. Um. That's. Okay. That's kind of that's kind of funny. Yeah, I dig that. Okay, so we decided that it's sort of like a, a is it like a full populist vote? I think this is also I was thinking when you said cyberpunk, I yeah. thought of this. You know how corporations kind of rule everything? Yeah. In cyberpunk, what if there's, you know, different, you know, there's there's a there's an art like a painters guild. Right. And a oh, blacksmiths guild. So it's all based off of tapestry guild and a uh, you know, a bardic guild yeah and you know okay. all the different art forms have a guild and the, and the leaders leader. of those yeah. guild make up a council who votes make up for... a council who vote in a king i, I, I like that. that yeah different artisan guilds are the government yeah that's fun i like that a lot 
That's yeah. that's really oh man, I'm really into that idea actually. Because usually those things in fantasy are different, are separated. You know, you have the government and then you have your guilds. Yeah. But making them making guilds the government of an artisan culture makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. That's really cool. I dig that. I'm and writing, like, you know, writing it down. And you know, like maybe there's there's guilds that are all about, you know, writing words. You know, they're authors. It's the authors guild. And so they, they get voted king quite a bit because they're really good at words. So they can give great speeches That's and rally true. people yeah. up. They know how people think, you know, ah, uh, but then you have like your, your philosophy guild, you know, and your cause we don't want to lose that aspect. I think of like the sciences. So you have like no, your science no. guild yeah, who are constantly making, uh, you know, kind of technological advances. And people are saying, look, put someone from the technology guild on the throne. We can have all this new technology and We'll be the great. We'll we'll be revered throughout the world because of all the the new things we can make and we yeah. can create. Oh, I think that's great. I think that's yeah. really good. Yeah, I love that. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, um, uh, elves, elves or humans. Uh, let's do let's do elves because I have an elves. idea for elves. Okay, let's do. So it. here's so we we said the elves were the were the uh, the off, not the offspring, but the creation of the weaver and the composer, right? Yeah. And so the weaver is kind of all about the arcane and he's mm-hmm. kind of uh, morally gray, morally ambiguous. Yeah. Um, and then you have the composer who created, you know, nature, the sun, the sky, the moon, uh, yeah. anything like sensory. So I think that works really well in having high elves and wood elves. Yeah. And at the beginning – after the after the the elves or after the gods have closed themselves off from the rest of the world, some elves are saying, "Hey, the weaver is still here. He's still with us. Let's follow him." And they become the high elves, and they're really in tune with magic and you know using the arcane. Yeah. But then there are other elves that are saying, "You're totally ignoring everything that was given to us by the composer. Look at all these things around us." The, and yeah. they become the wood elves. You know, they're yeah. really in tune with nature. They're druids. Yeah. So that's kind of my thought. And I thought that was fun one to create a split in a culture uh-huh. that we don't have, like we don't have a split yet. And yeah. so I think that having two elven cultures is definitely, fun. Definitely. And there's automatically conflict there. And that's a really popular thing to play is an elf. They're like a big deal. People love elves. That's true. Yeah. So I think instantly having conflict and having to choose, are you a wood elf? Are you a high elf? Are you and a high elf m- pretending to be a wood elf? Are you a wood elf matters. trying to integrate into- yeah. yeah. Oh, it matters. Yeah. And it matters a ton whenever you're choosing your... I like that. Do they look the same? I think they look similar. I don't think... It's almost like wood elves might paint themselves or... Yeah, no, I think so. maybe but high I elves think... wear, like, makeup and stuff or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but Not I think... Not makeup, uh, I, but, like... No, I, 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 they paint their face, you know, they... Yeah. I mean, they both... That's interesting, kind of a parallelism that they both paint their faces. But, but like, the wood elves is elves. for... They paint their it's faces for, with like gold and silver and then like yeah. elves paint it with I, dirt. And I, I don't think it would be hard. I don't think it should be hard for a wood elf to try to pass themselves off okay. as a high elf. You know, I think about like, you know, Moses, you know, the prince of Egypt, like yeah. Moses is an Israelite, but he pretends to be an Egyptian the whole time. Sure. I really like that idea because that's kind of a good, you know, story hook is like someone becomes the leader of the high elves and another person says, they're not a high elf. That's a wood, a wood elf. elf. I know a wood elf oh, when I see one. Man, yeah. yeah so stuff okay. like that. So I think I think it should be easy. They look relatively similar. Yeah, I dig it. Okay, let's talk about. Okay, if the high elves are following the weaver very closely, 
because the weaver exists and is alive, not not so much exists, but is is alive and well in the universe. Is 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 closer yeah. than the other gods. I think that I mean the high elves have it better, right? Almost like yes. like they're well, they never, live in, I think they're never outright um blessed like here here's here's a pile of gold but it just seems like hyles always have it yeah better i like that i like everyone that. else live, i like i like you know hyles live in cities yeah. with brick and mortar yeah. walls and they live in palaces with you know silks and things like that and then the wood elves are like roughing it but the wood elves love that right you know they they because, love being a part because, of nature but i think it's i think it is interesting that Every time they come into conflict or something, it always feels like the high elves get sort of almost just luck out, you know? Yeah. Almost like someone is guiding the flow of conflict. Yeah. uh, Guiding guiding that chaotic energy. Yeah. Um, I I like that a lot. Okay. High elves, all about magic, right? Everything's going good for them. I think their government is sorcerer based, like magic based. So like, like the most powerful magician is are, are in charge. Maybe like almost like there's like maybe three leaders, and or and or you can people... you can kill them with magic to take over their spot. Like you can duel, oh. you can duel for for oh man, the spot I've been watching government. I've been watching Harry. I've been watching Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, and you know there's like the dueling club in one yes. of them. Yeah. Oh, imagine, imagine. Someone like imagine if this like in our current political like day if political leaders could just like challenge each other to fight yeah like like so some democratic senator is like you know what I think I want to be president and just challenges Donald Trump to a fight to the death and whoever wins is president yeah imagine the turnout for that event and the HBO subscriptions that would be sold yeah, and be you know incredible. like oh my gosh <laughs> I I I I really like that idea so. So, uh, yeah, and it comes – and maybe – I mean – and and that's why it, why it works is because elves live thousands of years. Yes, So that's yes. the only way that oh, anything can change is by killing that's good. the that's other good. With, with magic. Because I, I was thinking just having a – you know, like a normal kind of monarchy, but that yeah. is like a triune – like a triune yeah. of art of wizards or not – arcane mage you mages mages yeah. is a good word yeah magic users magic users that have proved themselves proven themselves to be the most powerful magic wielder in the world yeah and probably so have they, time and time again yeah so they get you know they get the chance to be the and so they get the opportunity but like imagine all the wood elves that are like i want to rule and so they try to go fight the high elves but the high elves are always winning Dude. And so it almost becomes like a death sentence for wood yeah. elves to try and take control. And the wood okay. elf finally just kind of like give up doing it. I just thought of something <gasps> that works so well with this. Hit me. We don't want formal magic schools because the high elves will not allow one to exist. Because if there's a formal school, someone may learn to take down them. Oh. And then, oh my gosh, that, oh, oh my gosh, I'm really excited about this idea <laughs> because then that almost makes like a, uh, there's like a uh, tension about becoming a really good magician. Yeah. You know, like, like if one of the, if one of the people on the triune discovers that there's some, some really powerful mage, they're going to be like, 
well, why are you trying to become so powerful? Right. You know, as soon as a as soon as a player character that's a wizard starts hitting like level nine, level ten, level eleven, Ooh. they're gonna be like getting yeah. watched yeah. by the high elves because they're gonna say, "Who is this person? Why are they lear- learning magic so so well and so quickly? And are they a threat to me? Do right. they want power? So, the, so there's like a stigma yeah. about even learning magic, but in a culture that venerates magic users, yeah. That's really interesting. I dig it. Wow. I dig it. Okay. Question though. You have yeah. to be an elf to take their place. Oh, duh. Absolutely. Oh, right. Okay. We would, good, good, good. we would never, we would never let a human rule over us or a dwarf, you know, right. that's, I think, I think elves, I think, I think one thing that I like about elves in yeah. a lot of fantasy settings is they think they're the best at stuff Yeah, and they are like, Sometimes they are, and yeah. you know they kind of back up their talk. Yeah. And other times, when they do get bested, it's uh, it's really you know it's really harmful to them to like their yeah. self image, or it humbles them, and they you know become friends and ally even closer allies. That's one. Th- I mean, that's one thing that makes Legolas and Gimli's relationship yeah. so endearing is that throughout the quest, they're both trying to better like or not better each other. They're both trying to best each other on behalf of their cultures. Yeah. So that the uh, you know that Legolas feels like he, you know, constantly has to prove that elves are the best. Right. And 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 Gimli's kind of got this chip on his shoulder and he's going to be like I'm going to show this snooty elf. But through that, you know, they they become best friends and they better each other and you know the elves and the dwarves are brought together through them. And so it it creates a lot of interesting story dynamic if the elves are like we're better than every other race because that can either make them want to help the other races or make them want to separate themselves. Yeah. It can go through, it can, it depends on who's in charge. So go through waves just really quickly. Um, w- uh, while we're on the subject of elves, uh-huh. I want to propose, can we use my, my mirror knight armor? Guys oh yeah, for sure. In this world? I love that because Expl- explain I've never that. done them justice. So the elves in my, in previous campaigns that I've done, my favorite thing that I ever created really probably was um, this like elite group of elf fighters that wore um, armor that was completely like um, reflective. So it was, it was like mirrors. So if you fought them in the sunlight, it would, it would create like disadvantages because the sun would reflect off of their plates and like blind you at times. But if you fought them at night, it reflected so much that like if they were like hiding in the in the trees or the bushes all the reflections would sort of it would just look like they were a tree or a bush or a part of whatever they were yeah. hiding around I, so one of i i played in that game and one yeah. of my favorite things was when you would talk to them they had full face plates yeah and so when you were talking to them you just saw yourself yeah you didn't you, see you, you didn't s- see their face you saw yourself and the only thing that they would ever have markings on them was uh the very very high up elites would either have they would like the really high ones would have two two red marks on the front of their uh helmet or three red marks in front in the front of their helmet just to signify um stature and stuff like that so yeah. what i want to use them for in this is uh, I want them to be the 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 uh, the high elves, um, like I don't know what we're gonna call them, but magic hunters. Whenever someone starts building up too much power, or whenever whenever a formal school is trying to be 
uh, founded in another area of the world mm-hmm. that, that high elves mm-hmm. may not have too much control in. They send these like mirror knights that um, yeah. that are essentially eldritch knights um, can like you know use magic and the sword and stuff like that. But yeah, I um, think that's really good to sort of scope it out, kill maybe if they need to. Um, but or if they but, can, yeah, and maybe no one knows that they're elves, right? Because they have the full armor, so like their whole thing is is absolute like. They they may they may run straight through a town and kill hey. someone and leave, but no one knows where they came from. Maybe they're not elves. Yeah, maybe they're not. Says maybe the high elf. Maybe they're uh, like creations, like Warforged. Oh, who's that to could say? Kind of cool. Warforged is basically just magic constructs. Who's to say? You know, and or, that's that's or, really interesting, and I. And we can get into that, I think, more yeah, yeah, for sure. when we do elven culture. But I, I do like use it. One, because I've, I've even appropriated that armor and that idea of like that elite war like class yeah. in, in a game I ran. Nice. And I, I texted you about it and I was like, hey, I'm totally just stealing your idea. Because <laughs> so, it's, so it's really good. And so I, 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 I want to use it. That's what it's all so, about. So let's talk about wood elves a little bit. Okay. Uh, do we want them to be tribal? Do we want them to be one kind of one conglomerate that reports to one leader that's familial you know that's i kind of like do we do they think of do they think of themselves as one family i don't know so i i i my initial thought is i kind of like the idea of them being tribal but but each chief maybe is even connected in a way that is more than just like almost in a magical way, right? Like almost like a hive mind sort of way. Um, See, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking is like the Navi avatar. Yeah. You know, they connect to like that great tree and they can, you know, like, I don't really know. I don't really like that movie, Uh, but the world, the world building, the world building is pretty good in it. The story is just lame. Yeah. But the culture of the Navi is, is, pretty interesting so i think that's kind of what i was thinking is that they're tribal but it's one tribe yeah one, one and, tribe and, and maybe there's a lot fam. more <laughs> and maybe there's sick phil collins <laughs> and maybe there's a bunch of um there's like a few chiefs right there's like five or yeah. ten chiefs well there's no, um, as they grow, as a as they grow as a race, they're like, well, we I can't. One person's like, I can't oversee all these people. Yeah, and so they, you know, put someone else in charge. Yeah, you know? I think so, that's I think that's good. So they dig into druidic magic. Is that yeah, for sure. So they're they're, they're living in the forest. They're living in the plains. They're living, and I think I think everywhere. wood elves could be pretty tight with humans you know the humans are going to be pretty natural as well and half elves have to be a thing at some point oh and most half and i think it'd be good to say most half elves are the result of wood Human elves and, wood and humans elf. not yes. high elves no Almost high elves probably never. think high elves probably think half elves are dirty anyway yeah but i think what else i think wood elves would be like yo what up we don't really care right like the nature nature wills it you know composer willed it yeah for sure okay and i i think yeah, I, like I think that. that's I think that's fun too is, you know, thinking of them as like really in touch with the composer and just like however stuff goes, that's how it goes. Even though they keep getting bested by the high elves, they're like, yeah, that's how the composer willed it. That's how, they, that's how the composer made it. Well, and that's almost, it's almost like they, I mean, they, 
at some point they probably let go of that wanting to take status back in the high elf society and they just become one with the humans and the druidic sort of nature like we got a we got a good thing going here you know yeah why why do we keep trying to fight the high elves and one thing I, I think is interesting about that is, you know, in Tol- I, I keep going back to Tolkien, uh, even though we want to, you know, kind of stay away from that. But, you know, you think, you know, Legolas is a wood elf. He's yeah. from Lothlorien, which is a wood elf. But that's like, you know, it's a city, but it's built in a huge forest. You yeah. Know? So them, they're not primitive. No, they don't have to, they're they not have like to running around with sticks. Right, and like loincloths. And they probably but, do have a society and a city built. And maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe they build it under, I don't know, we'll get into that. Like, it could be built it's, underground, it's in, it could be built... In the forest, maybe, or yeah. Maybe like there is mountain. also just, a big tree, I don't know. A big big tree, like uh, like the, what are those cookie, the guys that make the cookies? The, el- the elves? The oh my Keebler. gosh, our, our wood elves are just the Keebler elves. Bum, bum, bum. And they make really good cookies, so good that yeah. they're magic and they give you buffs in combat. And they make shoes or something? The ke- those are cobbler elves. that's that's my kind of joke oh yeah yeah okay let's get into humans before we let's uh, do some humans let's all right let's do it so humans humans, what what, so fun because they're so short-lived i think yeah Uh, and i I think think we have to lean into that as much as possible and like i think one thing that's really going to be good about humans they could constantly be changing so yeah. they don't have to have, maybe they start out like in tribe. Maybe we try to mimic sort of actual human civilization. And at the beginning, they're tribal, nomadic, hunting, gathering. But then they meet other sort of tribes and they're like, hey, let's get together, stronger together. And then they make bigger you know, things and the best warrior is the leader. But then he dies and everyone's like, oh, what do we do? And then they're like, maybe we just vote for someone. So I think it's fun for humans that we they can just be kind of in flux all the time because there's yeah. such a such a diversity of ideas that's dying off and being born. At some point, at some point, they have to become because I really want to lean into that ambition that humans have to have because their shows oh, yeah. so short lived. And so at some point they have to establish themselves and they have to be they're, – they're warmongers in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think – I think that's I think that's good a good way to go with them is that after you know after encountering all the other races they're like yeah guy they have to all get together and they're like we are at a massive disadvantage when it comes to yeah the world everyone outlives us by at least 50 years almost which so, also means that they have more time to practice the things that they're good at which means that they're in financial advantage they're in economic yeah. advantage <laughs> like Humans are so under underprivileged in this world. Yeah. And I think that, that does they, make them, you know, bitter. Yeah. Ambitious. But I think also, I think them they, being like the less less religious is interesting. They're like no god would no gods would leave us to like be this um, you know, poor in yeah. in life compared to these other races. But that would come down the line because early humans would, you know, be no. re- really connected yeah. to literally the came shepherd. alive and looked into the face of the shepherd. Like, right, right. 
I mean, they're definitely they're definitely hated on by the other races for for like at a religious standpoint because they were the product of one god. Yeah. Oh yeah. Instead of two. And I think that they're really combative to the other world because or the other not the other worlds, the other races and cultures because they have to be to leave a mark. They're forgettable, honestly. Let's okay. What if what if humans thing is their namesake, right? So everyone is Thomas of the house blank or Thomas of son of blank, son of blank, son of blank, stuff like that, where like everything is played up for their namesake. They want to be remembered. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they continue in their naming because that's how they create. Yeah. Like uh, everybody's memor- like memorability. Frederick the sixth stuff like that. Yeah. Like uh, I think that's of... good. I think that's good. I think I think them being obsessed with leaving their mark on the world is a really good yeah. direction to go with them because they're so short-lived. Yeah. And so I think one I think one human civilization that's pretty racist is good. Yeah. yeah. They're like one they let gnomes in cuz they're scared. They <laughs> but then the like the rest of the relationships I think they have with the other races would be purely out of need. They're like dwarves have the best stuff. Like we need their stuff to you know, to stuff. look like we're competing. Like yeah. the elves are really good at magic, you know, and so we and we have to trade with them. We have to study or we have to someone has to study but, for with them. But that does throw a wrench in the relationship between wood elves and humans. Maybe well, they maybe they come together because of a common dislike of the high elves. Have you heard of the high elves? Sorry, I just thought of that. Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe the wood elves do basically they it's one of the first races that the humans come into contact with mm-hmm. and it's literally just like high elves are dicks and they're like what? And they're like, "Oh, you're right, they are dicks." And so maybe maybe half elves and humans are close knit as far as culture goes and yeah. then and then wood elves, there's like a there's a relationship between the mm-hmm. humans and the wood elves where the human I mean the wood elves are druidic and the humans I think are gonna end up being rather right. industrial and rather monarchy. Yeah. But but there's still there's always it's like uh like you the king would will send a um an emissary to the wood elves to get info on the high elves first of all but also some sort of druidic scrying and stuff like that like yeah, they'll be to, able to, to help. they sort of use that i i think a, 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 at the beginning a, a tight alliance between those two is one it's helpful for the humans because honestly like if humans ever got into conflict with any of the other races they would probably just die i mean you'd have to imagine so right? it's good to have for them to have a powerful ally in the the elves or the the wood elves and i think it might be interesting for the el- the humans to have a kind of close not not a loving relationship but a tight relationship and camaraderie with the orcs i was about to say that yeah they're both sort of the downtrodden of the world and so i think orcs I and think humans that... are like sometimes rally together and that's never the case you know yeah and i think that is if we do that, it works really well because it explains why they can compete because orcs also don't live very long. Like, you right. know, 80 to 100, 
rather than 60 to 80, basically. So if that explains why they have enough population to fight, orcs also have a genetic uh, advantage. Disposition to fight, yeah. Yeah, Um, so they're just better at fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, So that sort of bolsters the humans, but the humans have the ambition and the leadership to make that orc, uh, you know, the orc mob into an army rather than a mob. Uh, I I think um, I think um, I think political wise, you mentioned a monarchy, but I think like a military dictatorship is probably like pretty cool. Pretty like I think is it makes sense because so they're like the humans. They're the humans like are whoever, kind of becoming our bad guy. Whoever has I don't know if they're bad. They're just ambitious. That's they true. just want to leave they're, their mark. They're just doing um, what they have to. Probably. And and I don't I don't you know obviously I don't think all humans would be racist towards sure no but they would be is going to be a city that's a melting pot but they would be really fearful of dwarves and elves and gnomes getting involved in their political process i think they would have no choice yeah i think they'd be really scared of an elf taking them over or a dwarf taking them over i think they would be i think that's just how it goes but i i think maybe we have as though as as time goes on the, the the humans sort of spread and there's a more accepting attitude as you work out from the right. the core of human society. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think I think one leader that's always backed by the military and everyone's sort of and he's kind of like in charge. Uh, that's kind of getting into Rome mm-hmm. allegory, but they're not an empire, so I'm not breaking no, that rule. They're, yeah, I'm no, not I don't that think, rule. They're not. I, I don't think you. But. Right. I think having a really powerful military that's well trained and thought out and them the military elevating a leader and everyone sort of just having to be like, Yep, he's in charge because they're the military could just kill whoever doesn't yeah. think that. But there's still be like, you know, lower, you know, tier people that that rule sort of smaller city states or whatever. More more run. Yeah, for sure. I need to get out of that headspace but <laughs> city states <laughs> well i, I um, said i said military dictatorship and my my brain was like rome ancient rome, rome? and uh, Ooh, so i need to yeah. i need to stop all right so humans ugh, rome so humans we're, we're i think we're pretty set on but i think they're fun one thing is they're fun because they can adapt and change a lot they can in a way change the other. because their generations change so quickly compared to the others right. that we're we're going to be able to be like okay in this thousand year span this age humans turn into this instead of what they are now how does that yeah, happen they, they slowly to, become they slowly yeah. become a democracy or something yeah you know? i, I like know. that but I, I like them starting cool. as so like very warmongery so orc do we want to look at that yeah let's move on to orcs yeah, let's move on to orcs. Uh, obviously, like mecha- like uh, mechanically to the to five E, there's things that they have to be predisposed to, and that's fighting war. Yeah, um, they they are hardy, they are angry, they are see. But I think I think one thing we can't avoid is them being like dumb. Yeah, I don't think they're dumb at all. I think they're s- brutally intelligent, actually. Like they can't read. But holy crap, they can read a map and strategize yeah. where to put each, you know, clan yeah. or whatever it ends up being. For, for them, the map is the territory because yes. they can they can literally look at a map and just like understand it at its core. I, I think so they're, they're 
I think there being like a persecutional pride to being an orc is that like, look, look around you. Every other race spits on us. They hate us. So you have to be proud to be an orc to survive. Right. Yeah. I think I think that's I think that'll that's really cool and important. Um, they're they're I don't, brutally I, efficient hunters, brutally efficient fighters. Um I, but what's what's their culture? I don't love them. Oh, sorry. This is before oh, before we get there. I also don't love them being like being used as pawns by anyone. No. Cuz I think that's I think that's kind of an overused trope is that orcs are yeah. just sort of dumb and they're just used as a fighting force as a means to an yeah. end. I think if you want to get them to fight for something, you have to make them believe in it, that it's for the best of the orcs. Uh, and mm. that's really hard to do. So they are, and they are, and they're like protective of wherever they are geographically. They're like, this is our so, space. We got to keep this because if anyone else gets in, they'll take it from us. You know? So are we playing, are we playing the, are the, are the elves or are the orcs a result of elves playing with magic or um, we mentioned last episode that it was the weaver playing with magic yeah. okay uh, playing with elves basically yes so <laughs> i think that's i think that i actually think that works because we have a god that we have a lesser god that created a race by themselves we have the shepherd who created the humans yeah so i think maybe the weaver sees that and is like i can do that i could create one by myself and then takes an elf, which slowly turns into an yeah. orc. You know, he through magic he turns it into an orc, and really kind of the weaver actually kind of hates it. He's like, "Oh, this mm. thing's gross," and leaves it alone. So they don't. Oh. So they're not very. They don't. So are orcs inept in magic? I don't think they're inept. I think you could have a okay an orc that could manipulate magic because remember our the magic of our world is is malleable That's by right. by mortals um yeah and you it's just kind of mundane able, you just have to be able to kind of study it and know it but yeah. like obviously orcs would be less likely to be sorcerers and just have it in their blood like an elf right. would be okay but it but that if an sense. elf wanted or if a, if an orc wanted to dedicate his or herself to learning about magic because they think that that would help the orcs as a whole then i think they i think that they would do that yeah, so I think so there is are, that I think there are that's it's just rare. That's what their culture comes down to, basically, is what I'm understanding is that it comes down to what is best for us. I our, think so. What is best for every orc? Like, I'm a blacksmith because we needed a blacksmith. Oh, almost because... like almost communist. Oh, that's kind of fun, right? Oh like almost yeah. like we do everything for each other. Or like sort of yeah. maybe like maybe even like a like a transcendental, like over my, like there's like the over soul, you know? And so like they're, because they're, because the weaver made them and abandoned them, the only God they have is their own identity, their own culture. The orcs, the orcs don't serve a God. The orcs serve themselves. Because the orcs came from a God that immediately abandoned them. Yeah. So we don't, we don't serve a God. uh, We serve our own self-interests. And orcs must stick together. You know, you know, kind of what I th- saying that. You know, what it kind of makes me think of is the hmm. the new uh, Planet of the Apes films. Okay. The, you know the the gorillas and the apes. Their whole culture is is they're they're saying is apes together strong. You know, they say yeah. if we stay together, we can be 
we can be strong. That's how we win. Right. And so I, I kind of like that idea. Like you think of like transcendentalists, but transcendentalists that have really good skills with a with a war axe, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that's and fun. use that. Yeah. And so I think I think okay. cult- I think culturally that makes them not have a leader. They just look out oh, for Oh yeah. They just look out for each other. It's just everyone looks out. I mean, sure they have like they'll have generals. Yeah, people or, there's obviously you know, people whatever. they look, people they look see, up I, to. I almost think you don't have any ranks when it comes to the military. Oh. Like you just say, Where do you need me? Oh now yeah. obviously well, yeah, but well, then obviously, who answers that? Well obviously someone is has proven themselves like a strategist. And so they're right. gonna so that person, okay. you know, tells people, but it's not like a named rank. It's like Bobek has proved himself in battle and he has thought it out. So Bobek is, you know, he's the one you talk to if you want to go get in the fight. You know, if you want to go defend land, yeah, go talk to Bobek. He'll tell you where, you, where you're needed, you know. Okay, I like but that. But he's yeah. not, you know, he's not general But or Bobek's admiral. not the general. He's just the leader of this particular fight. Yeah, he's just proven himself. And so he's he's proven himself as one who can think and plan for the betterment of the orcs. Yeah. So they go talk to him to say, hey, I think I can fight for the betterment of the orcs. Where do I go? You know, he's like, okay, yeah. I think that's fun. Like sort that. of this, like everyone's in an equal playing field. Um, it's very communist, very socialist. And yeah. Like, I think, I think that's fun. That is cool. And like not, not having a leader is cool. Cause imagine like, imagine everyone being like, like, so there's, you know, like a big threat to the world. Yeah. And, and you know, your adventurers have to go unite like unite all the races against this this <laughs> yeah. threat and they show up to the orcs and they're like hey orcs we got to unite all the races who do we talk to who's in charge and they're like uh no one yeah or, like, or so it's a scene the adventurers show up to the big council meeting that happens once every 300 years and it's it's the high elf princess gwendala the high elf triune Oh yeah, the 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 high elf triune is there, and and the dwarf guild master, and and you know the oh man, he's know, not a he's not a king. The, sorry, this is back to the dwarves. Uh, he's not a king. He's the guild master. He's the guild master. Oh, I like that. Oh, the gnomes so cool. do, the gnomes don't get a seat at the table, but yeah. there's a gnome at every seat at the table. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, but but then but then, oh, that's so good. But, but then Bobek shows up to the orc thing and they're like, okay, who are you? And he's like, uh, I'm Bobek. I'm, Bo- I'm Bobek. I'm an orc. They, I'm, I'm just good at talking. So they sent me. Yeah. I think, that's <laughs> like, all, I think that's awesome. They're like, you guys wouldn't let the whole orc populace into the room. So right. we decided that I and, could do it. Oh man. I think that makes them really hard to like, it almost makes them int like in dealing yeah. with is like, yeah, it's really slow to enact anything because they're like, we got to clear it with everyone. We got to make sure it helps everybody. But once they do, it once is, they're behind you, it is a... They decimate. It, it is... Like they are it, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It's like they are the most dangerous ally to have and the hardest but, one to make. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I really like it. See, yeah, I, I, was like really, I was really scared about orcs. Me I too. didn't know how to do that, interestingly, but I think we just... I think that's really fun. I think we did I think, it, yeah. I think the I think the communism, socialism thing kind of cracked it wide open. We broke yeah. it wide open. All right. So that's five. Elves, humans, gnomes, orcs, dwarves. And and we ha- we plan to have one more come. 
at right. some point. So we like don't maybe don't, a second age or third age. Yeah, so tieflings, I think we're good. Tieflings or dragonborns, uh, or both. Yeah, or both. Or and also like halflings, uh, sort of just an evolutionary yeah. sort of uh, happenstance of of humanity, like as as time goes on. So I think yeah. I think we've done it. I think that's it. I think that is that's. I think we're good for this. So do we want to do? Do we want to do a quick wrap up like we did last time, of just sort of what each very quickly, in in two sentences what each yeah. what yeah. each race is about. All right. Yes. So here's the wrap up. Here, wait. Let's 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 divvy it out. Who do you want to? One will get three, and one will get two. I will do. Um, I will do the the dwarves, and I will do the namis, the gnomes. Okay. Then I've got elves, humans, orcs. Yes. You good with okay. that? Yep. All right. You you want to start? Yeah, sure. So I'll start with um, the elves. So the elves are split into two subclasses. It's the high elves and the wood elves. Um, high elves worship uh, the weaver closely, and the wood elves uh, worship the composer very closely. The high elves government is a triune that can be overthrown by uh, formally dueling one of the members of the triune and defeating him in combat. It's is to the death so be careful what you wish for the wood elves are uh tribal their leaders are chieftains that are almost connected and through nature uh that and sort of have a uh have a hive mind in a way where they they sort of communicate to each other through magic and through uh nature to sort of all stay on the same page moving on to the humans. Oh, also the high elves are the reason that formal uh, magic education isn't a thing because they they make sure that that isn't able to happen. Uh, the humans are pure ambition created by the shepherd. Shortly after they came to being, they realized that they were at a severe disadvantage against the other races because of how long they lived and thus how good they were going to be at everything that they weren't. So humans quickly become uh, obsessed with their namesakes and their lineage, and they they form a close bond with the wood elves, and um, they are semi-racist, but have the potential to change quickly, and they are a military dictatorship um, where the military rules all. And then the orcs come into play when the weaver uh fucks with elves and creates uh, i i didn't know how else to say that but um creates creates orcs who end up being very socialist very communist very one mind one soul one people sort of uh feeling to them um they are nearly impossible to get on your side but once you have them on your side it is incredibly difficult to resist the the amount of force that they can bring from a military standpoint, from a political standpoint, if they can get into the room, things like that. Uh, I think that's it for me. Gnomes have no unified society or culture. The gnomes in the beginning, as they were discovered by other races, were allied and helped by the other races because they look so unthreatening. The gnomes then use that uh, subvert, sort of subvert, subvert that expectation of them with trickery and deception. They trade and information. They become politically active and politically minded. They also quickly ally themselves with important families. That continues for generations because the family 
knows that the gnomes have secrets on them and the gnomes know that they are getting the best resources and the best power uh, as a result of being allied with a specific elven family or dwarven family or human family as, as time goes on. The dwarves, however, have a very tight-knit culture. They are focused on philosophy and art and science uh, because they are the creation of the sentinel who is holding all of the elements and the planes uh, separate and in order and the, and the composer who created all the, the nature around them. They, as a result of creating I, like you know, metalworking and painting and speaking songs, have also become quite... Uh, intrigued with the idea of how those things came to be. So they are scientifically innovative. They are philosophical. They are run by the guilds of each of art of each art form or science is has a leader who then elects a guild master who is sort of in charge of all of dwarven culture and uh, government. They are also very lawful because they respect each other and respect the land that they live on, they have very strict laws and are very careful and passionate about enforcing those laws. And the rest of the world, there's a slight obsession from people with having things from that were created by the dwarves. Uh, almost like having dwarven created art or weaponry is a social status. It, it becomes mm -hmm. you're rich when you have things that were created by the dwarves. And those are the races of our still unnamed world. <laughs> yeah um and we're not going to name it today we're not but what uh what so looking at next week what what do we want to talk about next week yeah which I, which three or two do we want to deep dive into um i think well i think one we're gonna have we don't have to deep dive gnomes i think gnomes are always going to be it's true gnomes are always going to be invest or um involved in what is going on no matter what so i think that's true i think next week we do elves and humans with okay. gnomes involved, and then okay. we do uh, orcs and dwarves with gnomes involved. So okay. that sound good? Yeah. So we're going to like really get into the nitty gritty of who's in charge of these people. How yeah. is their how is their like what what city do they live in? What yeah. what are they dressed name, like? Name name a couple of cities. Name a couple of people. Uh, who was the first tri tribune? Yeah. Who was the first military leader? Who decided that it was going to be a military-led government? Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I think I think we're going to get really into the minutia of what's going on and who the elves are, who the humans are, and that's good. And then after those two episodes, those will play a little bit into a little bit of chronological movement. Yes. But after that week, or after next week, and the week after that, we are going to start officially yeah. the first age and begin moving forward chronologically yeah. and from that point on it's pretty much going to go forward like yeah. that this is all foundational you know mm -hmm. we need to know all this information before events can start happening and time can progress yeah because already thinking of their cultures we already we, you could already right. see we're having ideas of how conflict begins how, things, how time progresses how things are moving like how relationships are happening between the different races so i think it's good that we're, yeah. we're we're nailing down who these people are what they value what they want out of out of life so that we can see how they interact with with other people so that's good yeah. i i think we're done for this episode yeah. sounds great um we have a couple of shout outs yeah thank you um, uh for our beautiful cover art 
to our good friend Cindy Bushman. She's at just underscore Sid95 on Twitter. You can go give her a follow. Uh, also, um, thanks to Josiah Robinson for creating our uh, amazing, fantastic theme, theme song. It's so good. We I had love it so much. It, it was literally like, hey, can you help? Can you give us, do us a favor? And then he was like, yeah. And then he just did it perfect the first try. Yeah, he sent us that and we were like, oh my. Like, I've listened yeah. to it just recreationally. Like, Me I just too. love it so yeah. much. It's very, very good. <laughs> it's so fun. Oh <laughs> so, my gosh, I love it. Um, uh, all right. So thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe if you like what you're hearing and to hear more of how this world is going to progress. Uh, leave us a review because that helps us out a ton. And you can follow us on Twitter at PrimordialPod. If you have any questions or suggestions uh, like uh, Alexander Hamilton has. Uh, no, wait, never mind. That's Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Oof. I have some questions. A couple of suggestions. Uh, you can email us at primordialprojectpod at gmail.com. Uh, I'll be checking that semi-frequently. And feel free to reach out, give us suggestions, tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong. Uh, this has been fun. We'll see you next week. Don't forget Dakota. your pants and also shoes. Stop saying that. No. That's not going to be a thing. <laughs> that's, that's not the tagline. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.